And I will tell you that I have this uh, pre-recorded. I have my intro pre-recorded on a button, but I'm not going to fly cool. it in. But I just wanted to um, brag. Do it. I think it's cool. Fucking play it if you want. Yeah. Will I be able to hear it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, that's super cool. Play now it. I'm now I'm a little embarrassed and shaking. Um, no, but, it's cool. I, I heard it. It's, I think it's cool. It's cool. It's, it's like cute. The spray paint and everything. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Uh, dope. Okay, we'll try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. I can edit it. So, yeah. That's um, right. That's the, right. <laughs> the thing that I don't know is if my controls right now have it. So I'm going to press a button. And if sure. we both know that it has it, we will proceed and let it play. If not, then I will okay. stop it and we'll figure it out. Okay. okay All right. Cool. Very good. One and two and here I go. Hey, thanks for listening. We're okay, so that's the end, which is a good thing. Hang on. That's good. I <laughs> that heard is it. Not, okay. Not, okay. I, I know how to get me there. I just didn't know if I was there or not. Um, I okay. think I know. Um, this piece that I have, this little piece of gear is called a roadcaster and it was mm. distinctly designed for podcasts and it's actually cool. gorgeous and just so, cool. so cute. I really love it. And somebody was watching me and I think it was Avery and he was like, mom, it's just really cool to watch you know your equipment. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe I should get one, start a podcast there. Uh, well, it's all the rage come to find out. I know. <laughs> and you kind of are qualified for raging. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> there's much you could tell me about life that I would want to hear, I promise you. <laughs> it is. You have, you have lots of uh, pithy wisdoms. And, um, I appreciate it, as do you. Thank you. That's why I was finally like, I'm, I'm just, I have to go in, guys. I got to go in. Um, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play with us. I'm just, (laughs) just for fun. (laughs) We've been recording also just for fun too. Oh, good. I like this. (laughs) Technical, technical mumbo jumbo. Exactly. Uh, sounds motherfucker. I found it. Not motherfucker, but you know, the good words for that. Um, I found it. Oh my God. This is a little exciting. Outro. <laughs> Intro. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Did you get any of my intro? Yeah, I got the whole thing. (laughs) Exactly. Hello, everyone. Here we are with Off the Wall Graffiti, immersed in art. Yay. (laughs) Here, keep clapping. Keep clapping. It's okay. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) I was hearing you, and I was like, oh, it's more. Yeah, it's more talking. I like it. I'm like being a good good guest. You were. Hey, what? What? You knew, you knew, uh, and and to be fair, that's my virgin voyage on pressing play on this awesome little machine that has that pre-recorded. 
Very cool. Yes. Yes. So, all right. Well, I'm just going to clap you in one more time because I am here today. Wow. Talking to my dear friend, Gregory Hoyt, who, um, so what I like to do is um, give your Instagram information so that they can stalk while we talk. And, um, so you, you have a couple and I'm, I'm going to be the one to, um, shout you out because I've been following you for a long time on both channels and, um, and then you have a new added channel. So you, Greg is an actor who paints or a painter who acts. Yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> and really, I'm uh, if we keep going deeper, probably uh, resides in the triple threat category. Um, but so you can follow him at, uh, at the at symbol and then Hoyt Paintings. Is it all one word? Yeah, Hoyt Paintings is one word. And that's H. Uh, H. Uh, oh, my God. Spell your name. H O Y T P A. H E. Yeah. H O my God Y T. Painting. And you will know them by their style. Um, and yeah. then Hoytomania at yeah. is your is your so is that like an acting channel or your personal channel? Yeah. Um it kind of vacillates. It goes between my acting stuff. Sometimes I'll put up some acting stuff and then I'll get bashful and I'll pull it down. And then it becomes my painting or my uh, private one. You'll get bashful. Is that what you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get, I get, I put things up. I don't know. I think maybe some people can relate, you know, I'll share and then I'll be like, Oh, what am I doing? Right. So, yeah, you. Might delete later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always deleting. So, yeah, so the Hoytomania one is one where I will uh, post stuff about my, my personal, you know, sort of life and my acting career. Right, yeah. right. And then in terms of your acting career, we're going to hit on it just a little bit. And I want to, um, because, you know, this will be probably put out in a timely manner. And um, mm -hmm. what's timely about your acting work right now is you're, you're carrying the brand for Sam Adams mm -hmm. in a character that um is iconically yours um <laughs> but also being you know commingled with sam adams and that is um yep. your cousin from boston am i right yeah that's right yeah it is your cousin from boston <laughs> and that's the that's the instagram handle too right it has, yeah they act yes that's true they and do you guys have a have an incident do you have a youtube channel for it too um I I don't think they have a Your Cousin from Boston Insta uh, YouTube channel, but they do have a Sam Adams YouTube channel. And you guys, if you're like if if you're charmed by handsome acting fellows <laughs> who are quite funny and um, idiotic at the same, <laughs> go drink up and follow uh, those commercials because they're quite good. And um, thanks. and uh, if there are any actors listening, you can literally watch like, oh, that's how that's how you uh, can end up showcasing all of your talents inside of a single brand, which I think is quite unique. Um, yeah. And pretty. I feel very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good alignment for you. 
Um, so I have known Greg for a while and, um, I'm just going to, I'm going to tease you about some of your things I already know about you, um, and yes, tease the please. outside world with me knowing please. that you are a fan of Basquiat. Huge. Right. And a fan yeah, of Jackson Pollock, I'm assuming. Maybe, yes. Yes. Maybe even bigger. Maybe <laughs> even bigger than Basquiat. Uh, and I have, I'm lucky to own a piece of yours that combines the two of them. But, um, right. you know, both of those guys were, were um, big expressionists of their work. And by big, I mean they went big in the work that they did. And um, so I, I, I lay that groundwork um, for people listening to go like, oh, okay, what else is he like? And so you like those two. Where where else do you find yourself just in ooh and awe land? Well, it's uh, kind of interesting because of where what my in first inclinations to loving art were. When I was a kid, I grew up in New England in sort of a very puritanical kind of environment. And so I loved uh, Norman Rockwell, actually, when Ooh. I was growing up, um, which I don't know. Not a lot of people, younger people might not know of him, but he was like this uh, really hyper-realistic painter, um, but also had this cartoonish quality that's hard to explain and, and was very much like folklorish, sort of American heartland, post-World War II um, everything is wonderful. Saturday evening post covers, and actually pre World War II as well. His, his work goes back a long time. But and kind of so a storyteller inside of his yeah. imagery, right? Like, oh like my God, he imbued yeah. multiple layers inside of just subtle, subtle, yeah. you know, shifts in in the things that were in in the photo. Let's say, yeah, yeah, or not he photo. Was in, he was in, <laughs> Painting. Well, but no, but it seemed a lot of them really did seem like photos. I was going to say he framed it like a photo. He, yeah. would, he was very much like a film director, or photographer who was very, very specific about like what was in the frame and what was outside of the frame. So I started, I started my love of art there, um, and then I kind of went the route of like you know drawing Simpsons characters and drawing Punisher cartoons and you know just sort of being a boy and and drawing um, cartoons and, and comic characters. Um, Which that, I don't. So sort of you can say it like that, but but I do think that's unique to creative people. I don't yeah. like. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't draw. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and so I think it, like, I adore that people have those origin stories <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I'm like, tell me more. What else do you, what else oh, okay. do you, what else did you do? Well, Cause I've, you, you have you. kept some of those and I have seen them yeah. and they, they even uh, yeah. still inform your art. Yeah, they do. They do. I actually was just back east, uh, during the pandemic. I, I went back and, um, I'm basically living out of an RV this year because I, I am traveling and shooting things and uh, blah, blah, blah. So this yeah. year has caused me to buy an RV. So I was back there and my mom brought me out this like old notebook and it was all Bart Simpson drawings. And I was oh like, gosh. oh, who drew these? It was like somebody else had drawn them. But <sighs> I used to go home after school 
and I would watch episodes of The Simpsons, and I would, we, you know, we had a uh, really old school broken down VCR, and I would just find a frame that I liked and pause it, and then basically lay down on my, you know, living room floor, my parents' living room floor, and they always worked, so it was just me by myself, and I would just draw, you know, this frame that was paused on my TV. Um, and so that's all what this whole notebook was filled with, was just freeze frames of Simpsons episodes. I, I had liked. no <laughs> idea. Well, yeah. and in that yeah. very Norman Rockwell, like, because you probably were drawing scenes also. Yep. Yeah, oh exactly. And so that was coming out of like what I knew about art. Right. You know? Right. Um, and it was very structured. And that, like I said before, that's sort of like the environment that I grew up in, like very structured. There were not people throwing paint against large canvases anywhere in my life. I didn't even know people like, you know, Pollock or Basquiat existed. I had a friend whose father was into art, so I started to see the crown, um, the Basquiat crown on a t-shirt that he had, and I was like, what's that? You know, or I started to see, like, MoMA t-shirts and stuff, so I, I was starting to become aware of, like, New York art scene, right. but, but super, super uh, vaguely, and there was no internet, you know, so there was none of that, like, stuff that I had access to. Uh. Well, I think that may have helped something that I have noticed in your art that I usually qualify uh, inside of. Um, so I'm a I'm super bratty, um, and super bratty usually about wanting <laughs> <laughs> wanting people to go to study art and to mm-hmm. get an art education. I am everybody knows this about me, and I know that you don't have. <laughs> an art education but you're well you have an education and and it was in the arts and we'll get to that but not in the Mm -hmm. visual arts and Mm -hmm. um the thing that your work as you're all stalking along at Hoyt paintings can see (laughs) is that you have you have a designer's um sense of composition that most not most many uh, untrained painters that is my like Achilles heel for them I'm like you're letting things not be you know uh, in the Fibonacci divine golden circle or <laughs> some kind of like rule of thirds or you know you're not even centering or your type is going off the page but you don't even know it <laughs> oh my god my my design brain goes ape shit and but with your work, you have and you have just a gift of balance and and composition and order, and I and it probably comes from that naively, you know, looking at quality and mimicking quality over and over, yeah. and also taking the time to actually have to dissect like is Bart's face proportionate. You know, and, and yeah. like, yeah. and, and stare at things and go like, his eye doesn't look like that. I am, it's not yeah. right. I have to erase and go. Yeah. And I usually tell kids like, do not erase. I'm not allowing you to erase. But that's because mm-hmm. a lot of the kids that I work with out there have this like desire. They have a perfectionist like uh, guillotine, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, yes, if it's not perfect, I cut it off and you know off with its head and i am not going to try it again yeah and i understand um, that so that's very interesting yeah which is why i try to get them to go fast but for you you were going slow you were taking your time you were 
doing it for no one, which is also very yeah. interesting, right? Like a lot of, yeah. I think a lot of uh, young people who are isolated, especially now, that's probably a gift of like, do it for no one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you can get caught. I, I, I don't know what my, I don't know what my growth would have been like if I had the internet though, where you feel like um, you could make something and then share it right away, even when you're in isolation. Mm. I think to your point, what I was, what, here's what I'll say. I, when I started drawing, I, I did have much, I, I had, I did have like a perfectionistic mindset about it and I would erase and I would like obsess over like parts. I looks messed up and that's not how it looks on the TV. But what I was, what I ended up doing was um, basically giving up on art. My mom really wanted me to be an artist because she, I think she saw that like I really loved it and that I was okay at it at that point. And she was like, you should really draw for a living. And I, I was like laughing in her face because I just figured there's no way that that's possible. Now, um, how, how old were you when, when that kind of conversation was going on? Like eight or nine. Oh my God, I love it. You know? Yeah. And so, squash. you know, squash on that. On... <laughs> yeah. So, like, there's a whole conversation of like shadow artists and why other people encourage others to be artists and everything. Oh. I just was not, you know, I just was not ready to hear it. And I thought there was no way. And that was a big part of my journey was like just believing that it was possible to be an artist and to actually have a life as an artist. So, Long story short is I stopped drawing and I stopped doing art and I went into acting and, and I went into um, performing and then I went to I went through acting school. And then when I went to Los Angeles, I started doing improvisation. And when I learned how to do improvisation, it helped me to break out of like a lot of the rigidity that I had and all of, almost all of the perfectionism that I had in, yeah. in regards to art. And it coincided, me learning improvisation coincided with me having a girlfriend at that time who was in, in fine art and in, was a fashion designer. And we were breaking up and she was moving from Los Angeles to New York City for this big fashion job that she got. And before she left town um, as her parting gift, which was really, I mean, tremendously kind. She said, I think you need to start painting again. <laughs> or oh. I think you need to start painting. She knew that I had done art when I was a kid. Right. But so she, you know, she was just like, I think you should start painting. Amazing. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And she gave me her whole, like, broken down paint set. And I was doing a play at the time down in uh, West Hollywood on Melrose. Yeah. And it was at this, like, theater that's not even there. It's Black Box Theater. And out back, there was a dumpster. And when she, the same day she gave me those paint tools, um, there was this big old painting that was not big. It was like a 36 by 48 canvas or something. But it had been thrown away recently in the dumpster out back. And after the show, it was still there. And I just like took it. It had some like, you know, shitty flower drawn on it or something like that. It was right. like an old, you know, old play uh, thing. Oh, like and a prop. And I just took yeah. that. Yeah, like a prop. And so I took that canvas out of the dumpster brought it home and then the next day I painted um a painting and I felt like tremendous like a tremendous sense of relief and like you said I had no training which was beautiful and it was like it was really I was really struggling with my acting at that point because I had so much training that I could not and this was when I was 
first learning improv. So starting to kind of break that down. Yeah. But I was still really struggling with just being super tight in my creativity, super perfectionistic, super afraid of making mistakes. And my training as an actor had gotten me, I believe, to be a less and less talented actor <laughs> at that point. I just was like, I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And so painting, I had no training and I felt like, who gives a shit? I have no business painting. I just, this just feels great. I painted this painting. It took me like eight hours and I, I, it felt like 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. And, you know? and, and like, like free, wow. just free. Totally. And reconnected. Totally. Did you, when you were, when you were going, like when you paint now, are, is it the eight year old boy or has he grown up? Has he, do you have conversations where where do you I go? Have no conversation. No, I have no conversation. Um, I get really really quiet. Um, I'll listen to like hip hop or I meant um, conversations whatever. with your eight year old self is what I actually yeah meant. yeah no I, I, yeah exactly no I but get no quiet. you just yeah. get yeah it's quiet. I, I don't know. I kind of get into a zone and I write down a lot of painting. I have like a thing on my phone that has about five thousand different painting ideas, but. I'll like oh my god! What does that. that sound like? What do you mean? Like you see something? I, and... I have like, yeah, or like a phrase will come into my mind, or or whatever while I'm driving, or an image. And so, like sometimes before I paint, I like zoom through all those ideas, and maybe, maybe something out of that will happen to go on a canvas. But honestly, like when I try to do a painting, and that's like. It's a disaster. If I'm like, ooh, I, I want to go paint a barn in a field, oh. I'm in serious trouble because it will not look anything like what I want it. It's when it's only when I just really have like subconscious ideas and just start painting and like literally start have a canvas, have the paint out, have music on, or usually there's music on, but not all the time. Yeah, and nobody's around, and it's just me. I cannot have anybody. I, people have come over and been like, I want to, I want to watch you paint. And I'm like, all right. And it's, I can't do it. So I'll just like, then. <laughs> now you then start I'm acting impulsive. as a painter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Then I'm really in trouble. Well, you know, with um, street art and muralists and stuff, there is so much connected to, I think the adrenaline of, um, of the energy of being in the streets and the ego yeah. side of being seen. And so like, it, it, I kind of sometimes will force, uh, force this sort of ego rush by way of like, yeah, no, just I, actually you have to paint in front of someone and, and yeah. like how it, it, but it's not unlike improv in that way, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah you have to get up there. Yeah, no, yeah, you're going to have to battle what's in your mind right now to get to where yeah. you can just be right there and say the words, yeah. you know, coming out of your mind. But I that's, that. that's, you know, you don't, painting is for you, you in, in that way. Yeah. And I think, so I, we, Greg and I talked about some questions that I thought I might ask him. And, yes, yes, yes. and so I've got <laughs> some questions that maybe I, I'm known to, um, you know, sort of lead people into corners and make them say things, okay. but I don't okay. have to. But in that way, okay. I might, because, you know, 
being who I am, I have wanted, uh, I have a wanted you to paint in in my backyard somewhere. Yeah, you know, or yeah. do a mural, and I yeah. I have teased that to you a few times, and yeah, I have a feeling you were like, uh huh, yeah, I I uh huh, <laughs> that was for someone else. I let that one go by. I I watched that in the Elizabeth Gilbert way of like that. Yeah, that idea is for that's else. for Leonard Cohen, not me. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> But uh, shout out to Elizabeth Gilbert, who has the best TED Talk about creativity. Go watch it. Um, I love her. Oh, so much. And um, so, but in in that sort of prodding way, um, on this question, I can't even find where it is. What are you, what might be next for you that you might be avoiding? Yeah. Yeah. What are you scared yeah. to do within painting, but you know you might? Yeah have to do someday but you don't have to but like you're avoiding it does anything tug at, I, at you yes yes it does as, as soon as you said that i was like i i there are a couple things i really want to paint big i have not ever painted anything big big like the biggest that i've ever painted is like a um uh ikea desktop that i found on the sidewalk you know and, right and that there's like, really that like a like six feet by three thick. feet kind of yeah. thing yeah yeah and it's like a thick piece on of white wood that i you know yeah yeah exactly yeah so like that's the biggest thing i've ever painted but so one thing that i really am curious about once i get out of this once we all get out of this pandemic quarantine whatever right um i have a street artist friend actually named danny minnick and he works uh, really well and really big. And he, he was taught by Chad Muska, who is a pro skater, a former pro skater as well. Okay. And to, to stretch canvases. And so that's something that I really, I don't know if Danny's ever going to teach me because he's very busy and whatever. But I, I really want to engage with painting bigger mm -hmm. um, in a bigger scale than I have been. Um, I have a garage out back of my apartment in Los Angeles. I'm not in Los Angeles now and probably won't be for a while. But when I get back there, um, my idea has been to really clean out that garage so that it's a place where I can paint big, yeah. um, bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'd love, I would love to be able to not have to go to like rooster um, whatever the rooster, whatever the art yeah. store is, um, blue rooster, my, you know, blue yeah. rooster, yeah, yeah, blue rooster, and buy like you know two hundred dollar canvases. I'd really like to be able to just make canvases that are big yeah. and paint big. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. There's I a couple of really people fun. over, you know, over here that know how to do that. There, yeah, there you, you go. See, yeah. <laughs> and we also have a lot of land over here that you're welcome That's to right, paint. paint but you know you'd have to probably yeah. know that someone would watch no i'm kidding we could we could schedule a loan time this this is a loan time for great it's all right it is a process it is it is and i honestly think like for me because I act and, and when I'm doing that, it is so much in front of people. I definitely have found solace in being able to do something creative and not have it have to be in front of people. Mm -hmm. But I also have been doing it for, you know, painting for a while. So I'm, I'm willing to, to grow in that way. 
But I do think it's interesting because I had, just going back to when you said that you're like all about people going to art school. Yeah. I had a guy, when I started painting, somebody randomly saw one of my paintings because they came over to my apartment. It was a friend of mine named Karen. And she was like, oh, this is really good. These are great. You know, these paintings are cool. I like them. Um, do you want to be in this art show? And it was like this curated sort of like multi-artist show with all professional artists. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want to be the art even no. <laughs> but she, she convinced me to do it. And it was like, it was a cool night because it was an imp- we, we performed improv at that show. Uh. And then they were like, you know, and here's some, here's, put your art up on the wall and blah, blah, blah. And there was this guy there. Um, and he was a professional artist. And he told me, he was like, you shouldn't go, don't go to like, cause I was like, you know, I really love painting. What do you think I should do? He's like, don't do anything. Just keep painting. Mm-hmm. I was like, do you think I should go take some classes? And he was like, do not take classes. He said, and he said to me, which was really fascinating. He's like, I went to art school and it, and it messed me up and I've never recovered. Mm-hmm. Now that I could also say was true about my experience with my acting. Right. Now, right. I, you I said did, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I persevered though. To the point where I knocked my education out of out of Your me head. Yeah. with acting. Yeah, I, I just kept going. I just was so good at failing that I didn't care after a while, and it kind of like beat it out of me. But that was really good advice that that guy gave me because I was in that mode of like I have to learn this in order to do it. In order to do oh, it, I, I he should gave you have permission to. to be you at that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, that is... just like, no, you don't have to do that. It doesn't have to become another thing that you have to learn. Right. You know? Right. So that was really cool. Well, so do you feel that, that way about actors? Would you say that to actors? Yes, sometimes. But um, sometimes I would. I mean, it, it's sort of a case-by-case thing. What I would say to actors, what I would say, I don't know, what I would say to artists. Yeah. And again, things are so different now with the internet and with what it, like YouTube and the fact that you could make a movie with your phone. If I was a young actor right now, what I would be doing is acting my ass off in front of my phone and making films with my friends. Right. And, and you would be a TikTok I, I be, phenomena. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Right. <laughs> Without, I mean, just by like virtue of form. content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I would be probably churning that kind of stuff out. Um, and so I don't know. The question about, like, would I tell an actor to go to school now? Yeah. I would have to say it depends on it depends on what you want. If you really love acting, then, yeah, school, like a structure, a school structure is a great place to go to act. But I would say relax um, about it, even within that structure. Don't take everything that every teacher says to you as gospel because acting just like painting just like any form of art is like way beyond words it's, it's not something that you can really uh teach ultimately it's right. something that in my experience and i only speak from my experience i read a lot of acting books and i felt like i was reading like hieroglyphs a lot of the time and <laughs> that I, right? it, it, you know what I mean it just was like <laughs> this, is, this is like a puzzle and, and I was just my head was on fire and I was further away from understanding oh. what the hell I was doing 
Well, now there were some tidbits that would, you know, you could pull out. Yeah. But I was also not, my learning, not that it's, I don't have a learning disability, but I have learning abilities in certain areas that don't correlate with a lot of traditional schooling. That's all I'll say. So if you're an artist or an actor who's looking to like get a traditional education and you have a sort of more traditional, you're able to hang in that world. It really works for some people, I would say. But I have to just speak from my experience and say, I personally have learned more by doing than like reading or, or going to a lecture and trust me, I've gone to a million lectures and I've taken acting classes for like 25 years. So I speak from not just like, nah, I don't go. I never went. Who cares? I right. went. Like, right. And I, and I definitely learned by doing, and you know, there's not like for acting, there's not a lot of places to go act. So it may be that you need to get in like an acting class or a school in order to just go out. Just to be able to. Yeah. Well, know? and that's what I say about, about um so in in the world of mentory and mastery like how mm-hmm. do you gain yeah. mastery how do you challenge yeah. your craft if you're not creating you know that's the fun of school at times so i have a couple of things to yeah. say about school that i yeah. think dev, you know that help what you're saying and and yeah. and sort of rewrite um the the relationship that I think we're all going to be having about education and one is mm-hmm. just like a therapist just like a doctor mm-hmm. just like a teacher um especially because you're paying but you know maybe that dynamic will change mm-hmm. when college is free shout out to free college yeah. which we hope happens yeah. but it shouldn't mm-hmm. it shouldn't alter this thing that I'm going to say which is find good teachers if you're if mm-hmm. if you are not driving with a good teacher you have the power to drop that class you have the power to absolutely you know to have a conversation with that teacher like there's there's such a hierarchy and and the higher <laughs> the higher the educational institution that i have gone to the lower the hierarchy is on creative teachers that i've encountered so mm-hmm. that you know by and large has been the the more intelligent the teacher the more hubris they tend to have Mm -hmm. and the more they're Mm -hmm. like in the discussion about about what they're trying to give to you like they're mentoring instead of teaching they're coaching Mm -hmm. you know they're that kind of thing so you know don't i so in that you know and in the model of of perhaps now we're going to the you know to the internet to be taught you just change the channel if you don't feel bob ross on that day or oh yeah you know like absolutely and uh and that may be just how how it comes but inside of you know you said you've been doing uh, you know these acting classes if you will if you were um for 25 years and so you're getting in the ring, you're fighting with someone mm-hmm. or you're working out mm-hmm. with somebody, it seems, mm-hmm. or with your partners, yeah. you know, in your yeah. improv world, you're, yeah. that's a, that's a dynamic that keeps you limber and fresh. And yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And you need to be fresh. Like more than anything, I would say that um, finding ways to work out consistently is most important 
Right. Um, because it's like, it really is like acting is like working out or, or painting. It's the same thing, you know, like it's just, you have better, at, in my experience, you have more access to more range, whether that's, you know, painting or, or, or acting, the more you do it. Um, in my experience, yeah. uh, as far as like the teacher thing goes, I wrestled with some teachers that, you know, um, were very like high prestige teachers that, like you said, I, I got, luckily I got the vibe right away that this was not going to be a good fit for me. And so I moved on quickly, but I know friends, um, that are still in those classes. And here's what I would say about teachers, whether it's an art teacher or a <laughs> acting teacher, look at their work. Like, yeah. what are they doing? If what, if they're, your acting teacher is a terrible actor and I, I, I once had this acting teacher that like everybody in LA was going to and I saw him in a film and I would not name his name and yeah. he was so bad I thought it was a joke I couldn't believe it it was like it was so insane and 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 so I after that really started to focus on taking classes from people who were doing something like what you felt called to do right and so I started taking acting classes from professional working actors right because I didn't just want to know like what the theory is I could read all those books I could read Chekhov to the actor I could read Stanislavski I could read all of it mm -hmm. which I did but after a while I was like man I need somebody who's actually doing this and I would imagine like for me if I was going to ever become an um like a a painter who also took, you know, art, arts, went to art school, mm -hmm. I would want, I would want teachers who were, you know, painting and, and putting out work. I don't, I don't love taking classes from people who are on the sidelines. Like a tenured, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Who has not done anything for however long. I really, really, cause, because one thing that young people will know right now, things are changing so fast that if you're talking about something that happened in the late, even in the early 2000s, like what you're talking about is completely irrelevant at this point. <laughs> and, and I, I really truly, I know it sounds crazy, but I even truly believe that like, acting as an art form has changed so dramatically in the last 10 years. Oh yeah. Just because the audiences become, you know, we're, our audiences we're so eager. So right. Right. Mm -hmm. We're like break break that fourth wall, please God break yeah, that fourth yeah, wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Risk taking and and newness and freshness and truth well, is like the name of the game. And there's there's a even though it's an art history book, there's a book called Shock of the New, and it's all mm -hmm. about the pop pop world and how mm -hmm. it just mm -hmm. took the world by storm. And you know Pollock's yeah. in there. He was Shock of the New. Yeah and Warhol yeah. and, and yeah. people who, you know, and the, the only thing that I say to kids about like, why is it slightly relevant that, that, you know, some, the impressionists matter is, yes, or expressionists sure. matter is because you've got to understand that no fucking buddy would yeah. dare to do what they did. And that yeah. is what I want you to know about what you know street yeah. artists did or what you yeah. know what is how do you know if you're doing something that that is going to shift the culture and you're going to go down in history 
that yeah. no one is fucking doing it and it's impossible to you know to find the origin story of because you're like it snapped and it and it shocked and it was new and it was all of a sudden but it's built on the fact that it hasn't happened before and and yeah you know you don't have to know the past yeah. to know to get there but but to like how do you know if you're doing it there's a small amount of like we well, turn around and go have i seen it anywhere is it yeah you, no absolutely fuck all right absolutely. well i'm doing it then absolutely yeah yes yeah. it's, it's and a I, and i really i love that it's a ballsy way of of approaching i don't think you can try to do unique things i think I you 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 listen and do and then perhaps yes. <laughs> perhaps people will tell you my god that's really good that's really unique yes. and new and then blah and I, then you're off to the race you're off to yeah way. keep going yeah. but, it, but like and what i would say is that like that is such a subconscious thing so i love what you're saying and I, I agree i'm a huge i'm a huge proponent even though i sound oftentimes like i'm not I am a huge proponent of education, whether it's self-education or public education, private education, whatever. I am a huge proponent of education because what I think happens with our brains is we put things in and, you know, we consume information and we consume history or we can, like with your example, we may consume the history of art. We may go to museums. We may look at art books. We may, you know, study certain artists and, that goes into our brain and what we do, what we don't know is what our subconscious mind is, is doing with, do with that. Well, yeah. you know, while you're mowing a lawn or, <laughs> yeah. or sleeping or, or doing your day job. Like I was painting houses, right? Right. For years. My house. To, like, supplement my, <laughs> yeah, I painted your house. That's right. Um, yeah, I did. And, and the re and it's a bitch of a job, but the reason I kept doing it was because number one, it would supplement my art career my acting career it would give me the money to live which i'm also a huge proponent of like learn a trade learn something that you can do while you're pursuing your art yeah um, um and what it also gave me time was hours and days and weeks and months and years of alone time because i worked by myself mm. and i worked by myself in in people strangers homes and for hours on end every day it would be totally silent and so i would have like these character ideas come to me no. and then i would ha you know then i would i had the structure of like the, oh i have a show that i have i have an improv show tonight or this friday maybe i'll try that and it was all subconscious stuff i wasn't saying that to myself out loud like ah oh, eureka i was it was all subconscious yeah and then i would get on stage that week or that night or whatever and all of a sudden, this thing that I'd been thinking about a week ago at a painting job deep in the valley was like, oh, this is on stage and it's happening and I'm using it. So oh, my God. And that that really was just they would just come because yeah. of, of yeah. that weird prep time that you're not calling prep time. Yes, exactly. And that prep time only really mattered to me, like the silence of like painting a house only mattered was because I was reading acting books. I was watching yeah. tons of movies oh, with go. regards to, you know, with regards to art. 
I, if I was an artist, I'd be looking at tons of painting. I'd be looking at going to the Getty Museum every week. Yeah. And these were things that I was doing all the time. And so I think that I, I gave myself, I didn't know I was doing it, maybe subconsciously this happened too. I was giving myself time to um, let those things settle into me. Because like I said, I, I learn in a very different way and it takes me a long time to learn things. But if I give myself time and I relax, those things will go way deeper than my, you know, my sort of prefrontal cortex. They go deep into my brain. Yeah, like and you're not trying to get an A yeah. in it. You're, you're no, trying to absorb no, no. Yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. And that's the difference. It's not like memorization. It's absorbing. Um, um, okay, so right now. Yeah. You you just went yeah. in and out for a little bit. I would, what we heard okay. was absorb. I, I give myself time to absorb. I heard all of that. It was just your last summation. Let's not even try oh, to yeah. retrack it because I think you did. That's fine. You basically were I think I got like, it. yeah, okay. Um, I just got scared though because I was like, don't go anywhere. Don't 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 move your head. Um, I won't. Okay, we um. We're doing great time-wise. We've got, um, you know, some some 20-something more minutes. And I, because we've kind of led ourselves into these questions, I'm just going to ask them and let's see where we go with them. Yeah. Um, cool. Do it. So the first one was, what would you tell yourself? Now, I chose these dates or these ages semi on purpose, but we can alter them. Um, so I wrote, what would you tell yourself at 16, 26, and 36 about mentoring and mastery, either being mentored or mentoring others and or mastery? Um, and I don't even like, I don't have, I don't even know if that's a good question to be honest, but um, I good. I... yeah, like, and, you and you can answer it inside of whatever form of creativity you were doing using at that time sure, or sure. you can tell your 16 year old self like go tell your mom you want to take an acting <laughs> class <laughs> or not acting yeah, a drawing yeah, yeah. class or whatever yeah right but right, um right. so yeah so 16 what would you tell okay. tell yourself about um so there you are in a world and yeah. you have access 16. to either mentoring or mastery or something like like look at the gurus around you or maybe just look at that that kid what i would say okay so 16 years old what i would tell myself is um because I, I was a jock so i was like an act i was like a closet actor at that point i was okay. really into it i was taking acting classes in boston but i was not telling a lot of people and i was getting a lot of shit for when I would go and do plays, you know, I would tell myself, um, Hey, fuck everybody else. Go act, <laughs> do it. You know, don't okay. worry about it. Don't uh, worry about the I, I got team. full body Nobody goosebumps cares. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about your free throw percentage. Just go. <laughs> Including act, the friends you know? bugging you. They're actually just no, totally. mad at you for it. <laughs> Yeah, they just want to be on stage too because everyone wants to be an actor and an artist. Oh so, my God, so yeah, true. I just, I, and, I, and I would also just tell him, and I would tell this to myself every age. Okay. Relax, relax, relax. Yeah. You're an artist. No. You know, on. there's yeah. no getting away from that. You're not gonna, you're not gonna someday not be an artist. You are an artist. Accept that. Yeah. Relax. 
and just be gentle with yourself uh, and enjoy it and enjoy it. Like enjoy, enjoy the process. Now I have a really effed up question. Mm -hmm. Who would you, who would you, uh, I don't even know if you can answer this. Who would you tell that to who was an adult in your world to have told you that? Um, I would have told at any of those ages. Yeah. At any, like who would you have listened to? Um, nobody because Uh people were telling me that on some level. Um, I think that coming out as an artist is something that I, I actually do think that for, at least in my experience coming from where I come from, I, ha- I I went through like an actual coming out process. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, we need just, to say that I, louder, right? <laughs> yeah, like it was really like a, a coming out process. And the idea of like what I found was that people could tell me things until the cows came home, but it did not matter until I crossed this bridge on, on the inside of my soul or heart. Look, I had a I had something that was put in my heart as a young boy, which was, I want to be an actor. I want to be, you know, I want to be an artist. I am an artist. I had a pretty clear vision and a very strong impulse towards creativity that was just inherently in me. I don't know what put it there or how, I don't know anything about that stuff, but it was there. And the process of trusting that and like coming to understand and then act on it um, was a long, has been a long process for me. You know, it continues. I think that that process continues because no matter what age you're going to ask me what I would say to myself, it's pretty much the same thing. Relax and enjoy and do it, you know? And I think as, as us, you know, now in the outside world elders land, mm-hmm. um, like it, what, what I'm hearing and, and this is the first that I've heard, you know, the answer to this kind of question in this way. And I'm getting a new, uh, sense for myself of like, as you were talking, I was like being, I was being the, the soul that put, you know, mm-hmm. a, a grown up hand over the heart and having a conversation with uh, young people of like mm-hmm. it, I give you permission to hear what that mm-hmm. is saying. And mm-hmm. I'm going to, yeah. what, and you tell me like, yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna, I am not here to guide you. I am here to hear you. And yeah. you hear, you tell me where you need to go. And, yeah. and like, I trust you. And maybe that would, yeah. maybe that's too heady, for kids but but i think it's what i think it's what's changing out there i do too right that's what i see right is that that. where and it may not be it this is where mentoring and mastery kind of comes in really because it may not be parents who who get Mm -hmm. access to that kind of conversation with people because Mm -hmm. parents are just trying to keep you alive keep you moving forward, keep you, you know, doing, towing the line in certain ways uh, so that you show up in the best of all possible manners. But honestly, the day-to-day grind is so day-to-day and so grindy that we don't 
as parents even get to see the magic half the time, except for those times where your mom says, oh, you should do this, and you bat it back, right. and then she's like, fine, whatever. Will you Forget brush your teeth, yeah, and exactly. let's just move on, yeah, right? Totally. Like, if totally. you want, okay, go play baseball then, if that's what you're going to do, you know? Yeah, 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 but I it's that's true, I mean. It's the outside people, like it's the aunts, the uncles, the mentors that, like, I'm thinking about my nephew, who's three, and, like, I desperately now want to go, like, okay, Connor, you already know who you are and what you're supposed to be. I'd like to hear from you, young man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know what you're, I can, I can help your mom. If you just give it to me, I'm going to, I'll guide you. But, yeah. um, because, because, you know, we, so at 16, at 26, at 36, you had things that you imposed on yourself by not having listened that yeah. was your job, your road, your struggle, your path, and all that, all the goodness of everything's perfect and we're all right and never right, blah, right, blah. Right, but like, right. we're in 20 fucking 20. Like, it's yeah. all, it's all different now. So, like, I, I don't think we have to suffer. I don't think we, I feel like there's, like, we get to, as, as grown ass adults, maybe we get to go and cherry pick and help and, and go inside of, of, seeing where people are just at the beginning of either budding or just at the beginning of shutting down and yeah. and just going like wait just wait and you know and okay i'm gonna tell you relax now we're yeah. gonna relax for yeah. a minute ready Okay. Yeah. Now what's yeah. what, what's tugging? Now what what what's asking for attention? What wants to be heard? You know. Mm -hmm. Um. I do know. Because you do. Like, they do. We did. Yeah. But I also, I, what I would say is that I also think that if if a kid is so inclined, really inclined, nowadays more than when I, when when I was a kid, you could, you could find mentors all over the place in the sense that you could look around and see people living lives of very different, like non-traditional lives. You can see it everywhere. You can see now. it online. You can see it on yeah. now, now, yeah. you know, and that's definitely, I think that when I think about mentorship, I think about a few things. Number one, if, if I'm thinking about like myself as a mentor, what I have found is that the best mentorship is um, living it. Like if, if you're trying to mentor people, young people into like, you know, being an artist or living their truth, the, to me, what I've found is like the only bad advice is advice, which <laughs> means like when people give me advice, I 100% of the time don't listen to it. And I notice when I give people advice, they don't listen to it either. Right. But what, what I know about myself is that like I met a few key people along the way. I met Donovan Scott, um, who's an amazing improv um, comedy actor when I moved to Los Angeles yep. and he became like a true mentor to me. And I, I knew a guy named Jeff Donovan um, back in Amesbury. He was also from my hometown and he was a guy he burn was notice? actor. Yeah. He, he was the lead of burn notice. Yeah. And, and a bunch of one, he's in Sicario. My he's friend really show ran that. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, and he's, he's a, he's an amazing artist, uh, actor and uh, a friend of my, my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom actually taught him 
In Amesbury. Uh, back in the day. Yeah. In Amesbury. Yeah. Shout out to Amesbury. <laughs> right. But so I had like a, I had him to look at. It's like, oh, okay, you did this and he's off in New York. So that sort of like, that wasn't a direct mentorship. I never talked to him about acting, but knowing that people were out there like that. And then when I went to Los Angeles and I met Donovan Scott and a few other people, but uh, mostly Donovan Scott I'll talk about because there's something to be wary of with mentorship too, because just like there's something to be wary about with teachers, you want to make sure, and this is, a, this is something that you can only find out by experience, you want to make sure that your mentor is not somebody who's going to hold you back. Right. Because some people who claim mentorship will not want to see you and may, not, may try to not allow you to outgrow them. Mm. You know, so, so you have to be really, really, and I, I ran into that a couple of times where I was like, huh, what's happening? This feels like sabotage. This feels like there's some sort of jealousy or anger or something. So you have to be careful with that with regards to mentorship, that the person that you're looking to is truly a mentor in the sense that, like, they want you to fly. They don't want to keep you in the nest. They want you to fly. So, you know, when I teach, I just try to be like, I'm going to teach you these things. Or if I coach somebody, I'm like, you can come and coach with me or you can come and self teach. But I just want you to know you don't need me. Uh, You know what I mean? You can do that, but you do not need me. So just know that whatever you're doing here, whatever we're going to work on is yours. I'll just give you some mirroring and like some thoughts, but I'm not going to give you advice. I'm just going to question you until we get clear on what you want. And then that's it then it's up to you and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say yeah you gotta come back and i gotta you know we got another level of this oh, right, <laughs> i gotta right. okay Look, you, you, behind yeah, closed yeah. doors we yeah, there's yeah. there's something more yeah. right 9.99 oh my god yeah, well yeah, i'm really gonna give you the juice the best mentoring like, is actually yeah. not even you know that's in the volunteer world even you know that's where it. it's like where you love being um, not love being what, so some things were coming up when you were saying that some imagery, I was like, yeah, like you're shoulder to shoulder. You're, yeah. I, and what I, what I tend to do before I like start teaching a class or something and, and people, when I'm teaching, people are not handing me money. The, this is a school that handed me money. Yeah, so, right. you know, the, right. the students are here for whatever but yeah and yeah. I might drop my credentials in the first conversation just to go like I have some shit behind me that tells me that I know what I'm saying and yeah, yeah let's like do this wishes, together there's, yeah there's something on the line yeah well but I, there's I it's more like like I'm gonna tell you that I know what the fuck I'm saying yeah yeah and I don't know what the fuck I'm saying and I'm gonna tell you that too you know, like, and, but when I'm saying what I'm saying, like it, I mean it and I mean it for you. Like, let's go, let's go get good for you in whatever way we go and play. But, but part of that is also the notion of doing it side by side. And yeah. I think that's where you can keep an eye on is there gameplay or not too? Like is someone who's above you willing to stand shoulder to shoulder with you? Yeah. And absolutely. you can, and that, that's a, that's a big thing that Scotty did. Donovan Scott 
right away, like I took an improv class from him and then I started an improv group and he was like, Hey, can I jump on stage with you guys? Yeah. And it was like, Oh, what? Yeah. This guy's going to like, this guy's going to get up on stage with us. We're brand new. And this guy's like a established. And so like what you're saying is you tell the credentials or you, you talk about your experience as a way to say, well, like what I was talking about before, of like I'm doing this. All right. I'm not just talking about it. This is what I'm doing. And then, you know, if you can stand shoulder to shoulder with, with somebody that you're teaching, you're automatically, you're bringing them forward. They may be bringing you forward. And it's, that's collaboration. And I think that's what's happening now in this modern world more than it was before. Right. You know, I think that like that sort of um, suffering for your art, tenured, structural, like old school learning, you know, thing is, I don't know, it's, it's like, it still exists, but I think that there's a way different way to do it. And, and what you're talking about was what works more effectively for me. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's sort of what I, you're mirroring what my experience was, basically. Yeah. And there's, there's also a, um, so, you know, the, the people that we, that I, influence most are 20 somethings you know eight teens mm -hmm. and 20 somethings and yep. and and you were that age when you know when <laughs> scotty was seeing you yeah. for who you were and yeah. and it really it like it's heady to be you know brought side by side to somebody of his stature and, but at this, and, and also, you, you know, heady in that way of like, why us or really, or sure? question or whatever. But what, what is really happening is that he already, he already knows, like he already knows yeah. he can see, like, he's like, yeah, you guys yeah. got it. You got it. So trust yeah. it. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm going to go on stage because I want to be around the knowing and the doing and play with you guys. Like, yep. That's super fun. Yep. So when you, when you experience that out there in the outside world and you're like, why, oh my God, some, some, you know, muralist is paying attention to my Instagram. It's like, yeah. Cause they see you, they see you, Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's cool. Yeah. And that's the, yeah. I think social media allows for that kind of fun collaboration, even if you're not physically with people, like as you're engaging oh, sure. and, and being seen, you know, in that, in that way, yeah. it's like the scene is the, the like community. That is the collaboration. Yeah. And there, that's the communication too. That's the community mm -hmm. and it's the communication. And yep. what I would say about that is like that, you know, social media is such a like thorny little subject. And what I would say to, to the 18 year olds and the 20 somethings that you're talking to and, and that you're teaching um, is like, draw as much as you can drop the competition drop drop it drop it, it. Drop it. like the competition aspect. the actual physical you know, ego the, side of the competition yes 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 because the, there's nothing oh, better than a, than a, than some mm -hmm. silly competition <laughs> <laughs> yeah silly competition is great i'm yeah. talking about the competition of like oh my god this person got this before oh yeah 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 this person because there are a lot of there are lots of conversations of um, what you're supposed to have done by what age. I was just going like, to say, 
you drop know, the timeline like is really you, what it is. Yeah. 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 Drop the timeline. Drop the fuck because, because time, by the way, is not real. And it's no. it's multiplicity. It's got science yeah. is going to show us that there's a gazillion yeah. timelines happening all at once. Yeah. So and you're don't alive even until you're dead. Exactly. You're alive until you're dead. <laughs> what I'll say is this, Matt. I have met people on set. I have met people in my classes that where I'm teaching improv of all, and, and coaching of all different ages. And what I would say is that I have coached some people in their 70s, 80s. I've never coached, I've never taught anybody in their 90s, but late 80s. And I have heard people almost exclusively, um, because I'm often teaching beginning improv, um, mm-hmm. to real to people who have never acted or anything before, because I love that more than I like teaching high-level improv with like professionals. I'd rather teach people who have never acted before, who are like business people, or somebody who is like an I honestly feel woman. like every single human should take improv, by the way. Oh, That's totally. I'm I, I am I agree. no question in my I, mind. I agree. Yeah, it's but prescriptive. Like, it's, it should be. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it, it is a prescription for living. Um, but to see people that come in to a classroom at 70 or 80 something and are like, you know what? I always wanted to do this. And I couldn't do it because my mom or because my husband or because me, because I wouldn't allow it or whatever crazy fucking thing that they told themselves or were told by somebody to see somebody come in so late in life and to finally own it is amazing. It is amazing (laughs) to see somebody be that open to like, hey, I'm going to do it now at 89. That's amazing. And so all you're doing say, is cheering them on for it. That's it. Right? That's like, it. it's a delight. Then, Go. <laughs> yeah. But then on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. I'll teach these these people, kids, you know, that are like 19, 20, and they're like, oh, man, you know, I really should have started when I was 12. Or, or you know, um, people who are, let's say, 35 yeah. or 45 or 50, and they're like, I can't. That shutdown world. I can't start. Yeah, right? That like middle world where you're like, I just have to do this. I missed it. And what I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I missed it. It's too late. It's too late. It's too Nobody late. has ever blah, I'm not blah, 30. Blah. I didn't win my blah, award blah, yet. Blah. Yeah. Yeah. It's bullshit. And because there are always examples of people who did do it, number one. Right. Um, and number two, my thing, because I, I didn't know how to answer that age time thing for a long time when I first started teaching and coaching. Yeah. And when I was first in the business, because I didn't move out to Los Angeles until I was 22. And I thought that it was too late because people were telling me it was too late. And guess what? It wasn't fucking too late. It was right on time. And what I started to tell my students and my myself, what I had to tell myself was like, look, you're, t- you're, you're 22 now. You're going to be 32. And then you're going to be 42. And then you're going to be 52. 62, 72, 80, until you're dead. Mm. So that time is going to pass anyway. So if I'm 42 when I'm starting, great. That means that I'm going to be 10 years into it when I'm 50. Like my point was like (laughs) that time is passing anyway. Yeah. It's going to pass anyway. Right. So I just, I just got really clear on, 
whatever understanding of time I have was just basically that it is going to pass and I might as well try. And that if I tried, I knew that when I was dying, literally when I was physically dying, that I, if I had honored that calling that was in my heart when I was a young boy and I tried, it would not matter to me if I had failed the whole way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hurt as badly as I would hurt if I hadn't tried. So I just got to the point where I was like, doesn't matter. I'm just, as long as I try, and by the way, try does not necessarily mean efforting and doing it the right, it means as long as I'm engaged, as long as I walk the path that I have in my heart, yeah. then I have honored it and the results are not mine to, to take on, to control. Right. That's not my job. That's my a, job is that's just to be in lesson. it. Yeah. You know? And I didn't get that until cancer. Like mm-hmm. until life, well, yeah. you know, we, right. hit, hit stop for a minute or two. Yeah. And, and I yeah. was like, oh, fuck, oh. Oh, I've been raced to almost the finish line yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, what will what will I die if I don't die? Do yeah. uh, having not done, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and and that, if anything, would be the the thing I'd want. Like, I'm not giving you advice, people out there, but I'm like telling you. <laughs> but yeah. Well, no. You, you could mean, die look. without trying. So. Yes, they're, they're called, look, you can write, you can, there's a, um, I forget where, I, I do this, I did this. So I was blessed to have some near-death experiences when right, I was Right, I remember that, so yeah. I, you know, around the time that I really decided, like, 13, I was hit by a car, and I broke my sternum, and I got knocked out, and it was, like, a bad, it was bad. I couldn't move for, like, two months or something, so I was like, oh. I'm, I felt like I had died at that point and was, so I was blessed. And I had a few of those. That was like happen, eighth grade. Kind of like eighth, uh, seventh grade. Oh, wow. So I had an immediacy, um, like you're talking about with your cancer, right? Yeah. So it, it just, it woke me up. But then when I moved to LA, I was reading, I can't remember what book it was, um, but it talked about writing uh, deathbed letters to yourself. So like write yourself a letter from your deathbed. And so it was kind of like macabre. Right. But like, I was like, oh, and I've, I've never been afraid of like thinking along those lines. I've read the Tibetan book of living and dying. And I, I just was always pretty comfortable with that idea of death. And, and so that even if you don't, if you have not been blessed with a near death experience, that's given you this sense of immediacy, like Mora and I are talking about right now, <laughs> right. that's okay. You can still, imagine you know you can still use your imagination that's the beautiful thing about being human is we have these amazing imaginations where we can think about things like that yeah and consider like hey what really matters to me and it you know it's not the same for everybody and that's okay and i'm not preaching and like you said i'm not giving advice but these are some things that i've done that help sounds like it's helped you too a little bit but, of like tricks in life <laughs> yeah yeah like, yeah yeah like little tricks here's of, an exercise yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly exactly that well and Loads so of exercises I want to acknowledge, totally, right, like nimble, stay nimble and stay limber. And, um, and I, so in, in the community of off the wall and, um, the kids that I teach and stuff, there's, there's a couple of things I want to wrap into the end of this that we touched on. Um, 
muralists and or graffiti crews, um, often sometimes one and the same, have learned um, in their game of art that collaboration and um, and crew crew work um, is how they work and how they have learned to get better. And, you know, I, I often go back to the impressionists whenever I talk to, a, you know, a gang of young people who are in a crew or something. And I'm like, yeah, mm. the impressionists were a crew, actually. Yeah. They, you know, they did that. And they um, shared cigarettes and coffee and bought each other <laughs> paint and each other's mm. paintings and, you know, yeah. and pushed each other and painted side by side and sometimes painted each other and, and painted e in yeah. each other's styles. And, you know, yeah. like they were a, a, a you know, a, a little island unto themselves. And there are a lot of crews that work that way. So there's something very... um unique about that for the street art world not unique but uniquely mimicking something that they probably don't even know they're mimicking um, yeah. that helps it inherently because there yeah. hasn't been what I've tried to do now which is create a curriculum that gets fine art and design and and you know stuff into mural making to yeah. help them have some some fundamentals that are adding to that you know that crew if you will. Yep. Um, yep. So, uh, so kudos to the fact that like in my world, I, I think of them as improv crews, you know, they're out there, totally. they're being challenged. They're doing things on the fly. They've got people watching. They, yeah. you know, speed is of the moment and what's on the top of their head and, and how it connects to their hand and all of that is what's happening. Um, yeah. And then I will um, hysterically back you into your own corner of <laughs> everything that we just said. Every truism you just said gives you ample reason to come and create and paint in large scale with hey, people around hey, you. Amen. <laughs> amen. Yes, absolutely. That's clearly the next logical step. That's exactly right. Right. No, it I kind think, of yeah, is. Totally, yeah, it is. Because I was just going to say, like, yeah, you got to surround yourself with like-minded people. You know, that's what I do in my, my career as an actor. I, I'm always around actors because I want to be, or artists, because I don't want to be around people who are telling me I can't do that. Right. I want to be around people who are in yes the Yesing and you. And so, yeah, exactly. Yes anding me. So that's, the, <laughs> that's exactly why I should come by and paint the mural and be watched by one of the crews. Maybe I can become a part of a crew. Exactly. You know? oh, <laughs> it's awesome. I and just it, gave you, know, you <laughs> the biggest virtual quick hug. <laughs> uh, I'm really inspired by what you've created, Maura. And that's oh, why yeah. I wanted to do your podcast, just because I've seen what you do with Off the Wall. And I think it's really cool to, you know, give people a uh, structure and a feeling and a sense which they already know, but it's like backed up by, hey, there's this place that also encourages this type of art and this type of collaboration. So in this type of, you know, community. So yeah. well done. Well, and you just, thank you. I hear you. Um, and you just reminded me of the other thing, which was um, one of the things that I still like to my dying day kind of thing that I, that I will uh, 
push to have happen is workout walls in all parks um, mm -hmm. in particular skate parks there should be workout walls mm -hmm. that are mm -hmm. up there so that kids can go and freely paint without having to yeah. run without um yeah. you know to become mentor or masters in what they do yeah. because yeah. skate parks get you know kids in there being active but muralists yeah. and and people who are at the wall learning have real like actual art schools want them they want them as yeah. students you know or yeah, of there's, there's a real life path in that in in their hands um that they can have outside of uh, you know outside of the walls and um and i say that kind of trying to take down skate parks by way of of going like well my my idea is bigger and yeah. better but i haven't figured out how to make it happen but that is one of those um that's the plus for it and the reason for it is because yeah. as you said working out getting more practice is what's needed yeah and going back is a natural it's, it's, yeah and it's absurd i mean look my personal opinion is it's, it's just in, it's insane and it's a it's a sign of the thickness of our culture um, that, you know, we have nothing against the police, but that we have law enforcement who chase artists away from, from, from painting. Piece. I yeah. mean, think, think about that. Like yeah. it's so bananas that it's almost laughable, but it's real. And, but what I would say too, is that with time, things do change. And I think that the internet is going to help that to shift. I think you're going to help that to shift. Thank you. I think that, you know, just people seeing um, muralists more, uh, they're much more ubiquitous. I mean, even yeah. back East and in New England, they're getting way, way more uh, normalized. So I think that things are shifting. The zeitgeist but, is shifting. Yeah. 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 But, you know, your workout walls help that too. In, in the meantime, you know, in the meantime, it's not going to happen overnight. It's just going to be a gradual thing, as all these things are, unfortunately. Yeah. But in the meantime, this is a way to kind of skirt the law. And it's, to me, like, I think it's, it's you know, kind of badass to skirt the law. <laughs> more, <laughs> well, than ta more, more than tangling with the law. It's, it's, it's a hotter choice to skirt the law right. and find a way, you know, find a way to do it so that you don't get don't know, let them trouble. get yeah. locked up don't let them like my whole thing with bureaucracy is like the only way you beat the system is stay out of the system yeah. you know as 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 hard as that can be but that is the way to beat it for now it's like when yeah. i get a yeah for now yeah for now like when i get a parking ticket i used to get really angry and not not pay the parking ticket and guess what happened the fines doubled <laughs> and fine. tripled and quadrupled uh, and you never twelve hundred dollars so, yeah, yeah, later yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, so now the game, so check this out. Now what? my game is, if I get a parking ticket, I literally go home, I write a check, I put it in the mailbox, and it's gone so that I don't have to think about it. As little as little time and energy is spent on that kind of bureaucratic like stuff in my life as possible. Because that's, that's the only way that I win, quote unquote. That is... The only way that I win is <sighs> to stay disengaged from it so that I have time and bandwidth to be creative. That is it. Because our, our girl Elizabeth Gilbert says, yes. if I'm not actively creating something, chances are I'm actively about to start destroying something. Oh, oh my gosh. Artists have to know. Dude. Artists have to know that. They have to know. 
because that's real. So that's that's my. That's wait, we're clapping. <laughs> we're clapping out. We're clapping out on that. That is fucking brilliant, Gregory Hoyt. I love you to pieces. I love you, girl. Thank you. <sighs> Thanks for having me, Maura. Thank you for being here. Go off the wall. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm so glad you listened to Immersed in Art. We really want you to know how valuable your stories are and would love to hear them. So please let us know. Hit us up on any of the socials or uh, you can email us at offwallgraffiti at gmail and just let us know and we'll get you on the phone or in person when we can and grab your stories. Um, Anything from stories from the streets, stories from school. If you're a mentor or a master, tell us how you do it. Or a this or that story. What happens when you make art and what happens when you're told that you can't. Uh, I want to let you guys know that we got a wonderful grant. And so we're kind of sponsored for 2021 by the Water Buffalo Kids, a wonderful organization in Los Angeles who helps nonprofits like us, who help underserved communities and young people in all facets. And they also helped us get a grant from City National Bank. Shout out to City National. So we officially have two sponsors for this podcast and we are very grateful for that. Your stories are important and we want to share them with the world. Take charge this year, and yeah, let's make some art, change some lives.